Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. I'm James. And I am Michael. And we're all healthy and safe after all of our accidents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just had about an hour and a half of blood and gore talk before, which is great because is this Halloween. is our Halloween episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're recording before, and obviously this comes out before. So happy Halloween to everybody, and have a safe and wonderful holiday. And uh, yeah, we just got our blood fix. Yeah. Oh, Ugh. you know, talking about this, um, uh, not because I was playing Bulletstorm a lot last night, but... You know how car dealerships really like to get into the holidays? I didn't know about this, but I, okay. You know, I feel like we're go, about to. You know, you go you go by a car dealership and they have this huge inflatable and it's like a giant eagle or ah. something like happy mm-hmm. you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. There, there's a car dealership by us that's really getting into Halloween. And I kid you not. So there's we rolled past it the other day because Heather, she had told me about it. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I believe you, but I gotta see it. So we rolled past it. And it is like a, it is a, a, a sim. It, there's two cars, and they're all sort of beaten up, so they look like wreckers, right? And they're all in like mm-hmm. um, hazard tape and all this stuff. And there's like zombies and skeletons coming out of it. And like it's it's like it's like an amazing display. Like wow, this would be crazy if it's in someone's yard. So it's it's like this this accident that's like all this stuff. And I was like, that's really cool, but it's also car dealership, car dealership. <laughs> like, what, yeah. what are they trying to tell me here yeah, well like, yeah. Yeah, like, i don't think i'm buying a car from you jammer <laughs> sir because <laughs> not not okay but it was, it was it was really intense and then we, we rolled past it and i was like that's that's impressive but also terrifying at the same time as you're driving by in your car you're like that's not what i wanted to see these so. prices are so low it's scary hey. Well, it'll it'll shock you to your bones. Oh my god! You know what else will shock you to your bones? What's that? Tell us. Um. Well, apparently the Joy-Con price drop that happened in Japan is happening in North America. Yay! Oh, wow, perfect. Oh. We just talked about it. We did just talk about it, but it, don't get too excited. <laughs> so the price is changing from fifty dollars per one single Joy-Con to forty dollars per single Joy-Con. And you can only get it in either the classic neon blue or classic neon red. Classic. Now, I do want to say <laughs> in Japan, in Japan, they're available in gray, neon red, neon blue, neon yellow, neon green, red, and neon pink. So we kind of, you know, yeah. <laughs> but the, the thing that even sweetens this deal is now, now before, if you were to buy them individually, and like buy us like two of them individually at the same time, it would cost more than just buying a pair. Well, now, if you buy the two individually, it's going to be the same price nice. as if you well, buy a pair. That makes so, sense. Um, sense. That oh. At least things make sense now, sort of. I'm still kind of bummed that we can't get the individual ones, like all the colors, because that would be super yeah. cool. But yeah, I feel as if they with the neon blue and red. I, f- I feel like they never released anything more than the neon blue and red, because I haven't seen an individual Joy-Con in the store. I've any never listeners- seen one. Yeah, if any listener sees yeah. it, snap it to us and tweet it to us. Because I've never, I think they only release neon red and green in the States. And then they're like, okay, no one's buying these individually. Because why Why would you? Because the Switch just came out. Why would you buy one Joy-Con? That literally makes no sense at all. And then buy two, and it'd be yeah. more than more than buying the, the combo pack. So I think that's the mm-hmm. problem. But I think now, I think you're right. I would love to put all the colors out, right? Just like all, all every, single, every single rainbow. Rainbow of colors, both left and right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, I completely forgot that they were even at one point selling one because I hadn't seen one in so long that I just didn't even think it was available in North America. And the fact that like what you were saying, Mats, yes, it makes no sense to buy them like that for more money. But if we had the color options, I'd be creating all kinds of cool color um, combinations myself. You know, if I could get a neon pink and a, a neon whatever and mix them up and buy them separate, I would do that. But Jeez, I I don't see any. I'm, I'm, you like could, you, said, you could I have theme not seen them for any. the holidays. You could do oh. green and red for Christmas, and then you could do yes. purple and orange for. Oh, you already have purple and orange. Well, so I have my mind. purple and orange for Halloween, but, but yes, I do need <laughs> the, pink and I red for a, Valentine's Day. <laughs> yep, I need all of the holiday options, but obviously we're not yeah. getting that here. You know, I don't really use my Joy Cons at all. I think about it now. In the beginning of the Switch, there were a lot more games that come out that sort of you know, challenge the, you know, like, here's the reason for the the HD rumble and for the gyros and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I don't really use that. I just use a pro controller. Like I was playing bullets from last night. It's like, well, I'm just gonna use the pro controller. I guess for just dance, we'll use a single controller. So there are some cases where, you know, you're, you're doing multiplayer and you're like, oh, I'm going to use just a single joy con like Mario Kart or something. But in general, the experience of probably just using a pro controller is better. So if you bought the switch, you could probably just buy a bunch of pro controllers and be good, but I don't know. Unless you're traveling. Unless you're traveling. Yeah. But then it comes with joy cons and you Mm -hmm. got two, right? So you always have eventually we'll get drift. Well, hopefully not, but (laughs) hopefully not. Hopefully not. I I think for, in my case, I mean, mine was a twofold thing. I bought the additional joy cons for one, because I really like the purple and orange. And those are my goat. Those are my default mainly because I did get drift, but I, I like the option of having two because now I I really have four controllers. Yeah, so if true. anybody yeah. does want to play a multiplayer game, which I don't even have, but if I like a Mario Party and you have people over, you you do now have essentially four controllers so everybody can play something. But for me, it was more just I like them. So it's kind of like if you actually had them for people and made it accessible where they could buy them, you probably would sell more. And we just don't have those options around here, you know, and it's not something where I go out and I order it typically, but if I were at a store and I'm looking for something or, you know, it's, it's a holiday time. So people are buying gifts. If somebody, you know, if, if I saw a color combination that maybe Mots would like, or Christina would like, mm. I'm at the store, I would maybe just pick one up and not, it wasn't something I thought about doing, but I'm like, Ooh, that's a cool color combination. I know somebody would like that. And maybe I'd get it as a gift. It's a nice gift. But they're mm-hmm. just not there. Nothing's at the store anymore. For for I've, I've been finding that more and more. Like there's no nothing at stores anymore. Those are just places you go and pick up your online orders at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will say right now though, Amazon has Joy-Con combo packs on sale, all the colors for sixty nine dollars. That's just a good deal. So if well, you're interested, oh nice, that's a good deal. Yeah, that's that's ten dollars and ninety nine cents off. So boom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get on to it. That is a good it. deal. I like it. That is a good deal. Maybe we'll buy it. No, I already have enough. I have, I have too many. <laughs> too many Joy-Cons. All right, let's get on to the other awesome updates that have come out this week. Um, there's a little game called Pokemon Sword and Shield that we all played and forgot that we all played. Um, and there's new DLC that came out that we forgot that was going to come out because it was announced so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the Crown Tundra DLC is officially out, which I'm actually pretty jazzed for even though I still haven't beaten Zelda and or Pokemon Sword and Shield. I need to stop <laughs> buying. James, James, stop buying. Just stop. 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 stop it. Slap. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's out. So you can get it now. This is, of course, a brand new second area that you can um, that you can adventure in um, with your expansion pass. 
Um, there's obviously vast landscapes, there's drifts, it's all snowy themed, which is perfect for this time of year, maybe in a month when it starts to two months when it starts to sm- snow, but you got to prep, mm-hmm. you can be like, Oh, winter is coming. And, and it is in Pokemon sword and shield, which is exciting. There's a new, um, uh, tournament that you can participate in new Pokemon that you can catch. Um, some new legendaries, uh, from past generations will be available, there's a whole bunch of new different like battle stuff that's available too. So which is really nice. So you can go grab that. That that is out. It's out. It's completely out. It's been out. It came out on the 23rd of October. That is super rad. Um, and with that comes an update to the Pokemon home update, which was also something that you totally forgot that existed. <laughs> um, this is where you put all of your Pokemon when you want to archive them and back them up. And the 1.3 update is out, which adds compatibility for the sword and shield expansion the crown tundra um mm. of course there's a few other features in there but if you are interested you can you can subscribe to that puppy for for 2.99 a month that seems like a sweet deal or an annual sub for 16 dollars. it'll cost you the same amount as your nintendo online account which is kind of crazy it should just come in it yeah in general, but I mean, I know it's the Pokemon company, yeah. so it's it's technically it's different, separate. right? Yeah, yeah, technically. But, you know, they should just throw that thing in there. But I, I'm I, I don't know. You both beat the Pokemons, right? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Christina. Yeah. Or did you are you going to get the DLC or you're like, I'm done? No, I I think I don't know. There's so many games out and I have such a backlog as it is right now. And I just bought more games this past week. And I just want to play those games and not have to worry about jumping back into Pokemon and kind of relearning how to play because it's been a while. So, I mean, maybe I'll get it someday, but right now I'm not planning mm. on picking it up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I sort of did the same thing. I beat the story of uh, Sword Shield. It was fine. The story wasn't really what I was hoping for, but the game in general, I really liked. Mm-hmm. The DLC is cool. I like that they're coming out with it. I'm excited to play it at some point, maybe, but I'm in the same boat. There's just so much I want to play that sometimes it feels um, tough to go back to that because I just mm. don't think I liked it enough to go back into Pokemon World yeah. when I have so many other games that I'm looking to play. And it's holiday season, so mm-hmm. my focus typically is towards games that are have some sort of holiday slant to them. It's just, it's like a tradition that I just have. I like to play games that are, you know, kind of embrace the holidays. I don't have a ton of time to get in that festive spirit always, you know, with the TV shows and stuff. So games kind of help me do that, right? They're like, oh yeah, it is Halloween. Oh yeah, it is Christmas. So it's a way for me to acknowledge those things. And we actually had one of our uh, friends of the show comment on our Discord, MarBC said, asked us if we were getting it. And we told them the same thing. We're like, we're so happy that you're loving it. We just don't have the time. There's just too much to play. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, But they did say it is very good, and they think it's absolutely gorgeous. So, nice. And that's coming right from a listener that is playing it. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Now, something that I'm excited, and I don't even know if I, I – I feel like we had talked about this, but I don't remember it. But Apex Legends – It was a Legends, while ago. Was it? I, I couldn't remember because I was yeah. very excited for this and disappointed at the same time because I totally forgot this was coming to Switch. But Apex Legends is in development for Switch as well as Steam. Unfortunately, the sad part of the news is the Switch version has been delayed. Now, this was slated to come out November 4th alongside the Steam release. I believe the Steam release is still moving forward, 
but mm-hmm. they're pushing back the Switch version for a year. Chad Grenier, wow. the game, yeah, it's quite a bit, but that, you know, mm-hmm. Chad goes on to say that, um, quote, Chad. F- Chad, classic Chad. Chad. Friend of the show. (laughs) Friend of the chat. (laughs) For those who game on the Nintendo Switch, we're still hard at work on the port, but in order to do justice to the game and make it into the great experience Switch players deserve, our team needs more time. This year has brought an unexpected new challenge, and to put it mildly, we don't want to rush anything out, which I'm totally okay with that. I'm totally okay with them taking more time. I appreciate the transparency. Yeah, COVID. I don't know if we're in a global pandemic still. Yeah, hello. Uh, So I'm I'm totally okay with this. I think that I'm excited it's coming to the Switch because I have played it on Xbox and it's it's cool. It's a Mm free-to-play, just kind of like a Fortnite, very similar idea. The cool characters, cool atmosphere. Um, Battle Royale, if you're not familiar with it in any way, you can jump on Xbox and play it and apparently steam here soon so it's worth checking out it is fun and i'm excited that this is coming out for switch i am looking forward to it next year another game that i am excited about but it was hesitant was outer worlds that did release on switch some time ago but it had uh, i want to say mixed reviews but I, i think a lot of them were a little harsh on the switch version they said that it just did not perform well it wasn't really optimized for the switch very well the port was not very good and that kind of pushed me off to it where i would love to have this on the go but when i start reading reviews like that it's kind of like oh i don't know well they just came out with update 1.2 for the switch and this is supposed to improve game performance and visuals they gave a whole list of things that is supposed to be fixed and reworked and adjusted for the switch a lot of you know industry terminology that probably just won't make sense to anybody but a few of the things that called out to me would seem like they would be more noticeable where they redesigned some of the buildings, they optimized and added vegetation to the world, they added details to the world buildings, and they included a comparison video, which I did watch. I see no difference, personally. I, <laughs> I, I watched it a couple of times. I'm like, oh yeah, let me see how much better this looked. Personally, I honestly did not see any differences. Mm. I mean, if they were, they were so small, it was very hard to perceive them, but yeah. um, it didn't look that terrible so maybe stuff is running in the background maybe they were getting a lot of frame rate drops and something like that that didn't really can get conveyed in the comparison video so perhaps performance wise it does seem like it'll play cleaner and and more uh fluid which would be fantastic it's just visually i didn't notice a whole bunch of of difference but it doesn't look it doesn't look terrible to me i'd have to i wish it was a demo yeah it, it kind of reminds me of an earlier fallout game when, yes, when I watch it's it, exactly like, what I get of or like Borderlands sort of. Yeah, same. I watched, uh, I, I should have uh, included it, but later on I was on YouTube after I did the notes and a video popped up kind of comparing. And his video, I you can definitely see a stark difference in the sky. There's like a lot more details and clouds in the sky. Oh, nice. Okay. But the way that this person kind of approached it was I'm like an average gamer. I play games once in a while. I enjoy games, but I'm not going through and sifting through the frame rate and and things like that. So in his, he basically showed the comparisons and at the end he gave his thoughts and he said to the average gamer, I notice barely any difference. Yeah. 
Now, my sister and I were kind of like comparing things. You're like, well, the texture there looks a little bit better. And but this who's there playing looks a, a game bit like better. that? But who, yeah, who is playing a game like that? If you're playing a game like that, are you even enjoying the game? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the so, thing. If you're playing a game like that and you and, and yeah. the differences are so minute that you have to walk up to a building and be two feet away from it and kind of strife left and right to see if it renders properly. Zoom in and out and in and I'm out. I'm not playing like that. That doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. To me, how does it look overall? Like, what's the overall experience? Am I running and all of a sudden I'm getting six frames a second? That's yeah. what I care about, right? That's what, mm -hmm. I mean, the list of stuff that they have on here is great. Implemented at a half resolution SSAO. So awesome. That awesome. is so great. I'm, I'm <laughs> you know what? I hate when it's full resolution SSAO. I'm so much happier it's half resolution. I don't even know what any of this means, but visually it made no difference. So behind the scenes, sure, this probably is really big and important stuff, but if the overall experience isn't impacted or at least in a noticeable way i i need i would need more right you need to see yeah. something different after seeing this too i will say the other day i did officially put outer worlds for switch on my wish list for mm -hmm. christmas i'm not taking it off like it still no, looks like it'd be a pretty cool game yeah yeah, yeah. Mine is so, on there. yeah i think some people are just really really picky about really weird things well i i was nitpicking that much yeah I was very hesitant for Witcher 3. I kept going back and forth. Oh, mm -hmm. should I get it on the Switch? Should I get it on Xbox? Should I get it somewhere where I'm going to, you know, I, I, in my mind, and, and I think we we talked about this on the podcast back and forth because I was so hesitant yeah. because I really wanted it on in the go. And I know with my lifestyle, that's where I can play it the most. But I keep hearing, oh, well, the graphics aren't that great. And, you know, it's, it's not the ideal. It's not the best way to experience. I will tell you that I did not make a mistake in any way, shape or form by playing it on the Switch. It looks beautiful mm -hmm. on the Switch. Is it better on computer? Is it better graphically on Xbox? Yeah, of course it is. But this is an amazing, amazing port of in an amazing experience. Now, I don't. If I had listened to the people that were reviewing it, much like these Outer World reviews, I may never have gotten it on the Switch, and I wouldn't be enjoying it. So part of me is kind of like, all right, are these overly critical reviews, or is this just not a good port? And it's really hard to get an accurate read on that because when I watch those comparison videos, both com videos they show look pretty good. They don't look yeah, bad. Yeah, I would. It looks like a game I would play. And that's it's not the a thing potato. Too, like that's, yeah. <laughs> so. That, that, that's another thing, too, is a lot of people approach reviews and take them as like the gospel, basically, mm -hmm. where I recommend if, if there's a game out there that you're like and you, you're interested in, the fact that somebody gives it a bad review and like shuts it down completely shouldn't steer you away from it. Just kind of yeah. take it. You as, may still love OK, it. OK, I know what to expect when I get into this. And hopefully your experience is a lot better because yeah. um, I feel like a lot of people like may kind of go over the top. At least a lot of people that I've seen <laughs> kind of take, yeah, take the, the reviews too close to heart. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm still excited for the game. I'm, I'm One thing I am glad is that they are doing updates like this. So maybe there will be more where they yeah. kind of keep adjusting things where if it looks better over time. Awesome. Great. I won't complain. <laughs> yeah. I, I think just seeing that they're still supporting it and still working on it. That's, yeah. you know, a good sign no matter what. It, they're still mm -hmm. they're still supporting it. So for the last topic or discussion that we're going to have for this week's episode, apparently Twitter was completely shooken up this last week, the gaming community, the streaming community. Apparently Alex Hutchinson, who at the time his profile said he was the creator, creative director, 
at Google Stadia. He's actually not. After all of this went down, he changed it to clarify that he is a creator, creative director of a studio at Stadia, which is important because what he says is kind of controversial and Google probably didn't want him to be connected in that way afterwards. Um, but I'll read his tweets really quick. He said, streamers worried about getting their content pulled because they used music they didn't pay for should be more worried by the fact that they're streaming games that they didn't pay for as well. It's all gone. It's all gone as I think he meant it's all good. It's all good as soon as publishers decide to enforce it. Then he also replied to, he said, the real truth is the streamers should be paying the developers and publishers of the games they stream. They should be buying a license like any real business and paying for the content they use. So people went after him. As you can imagine, uh, the internet did not take kindly to these tweets. I'm shocked. Now, it is, it, yeah, shock, right? <laughs> Twitter going after someone, what? Um, but I will say it is true. So without a written license, streamers technically do not have any legal right to stream a video game because all the game art, the sound effects, music, voice acting, text, and so on are all copyrighted. And it's not technically fair use because, you know, they spent hours entertaining an audience, um, playing a game, and they, like, they didn't buy any of this stuff technically. They hopefully bought the game itself, but didn't buy a license to show it to other people. Um, now, I think it goes without saying that, and a lot of people have seen this, that developers and publishers see game streaming almost as a symbiotic relationship. Um, developers benefit from exposure and being, um, you know, their games being on big streaming platforms like Switch. We've recently seen the game Among Us come back up. That game has been out for over two years. So all of a sudden it's kind of taken off and I thought it was this whole new game. I'd never heard of it. But, you know, there's all these basic crazy streamers who picked it up and now it's gained all this popularity. Now, the thing is, is like, OK, so what happens when big game publishers decide to change their minds? So, uh, you know, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, EA, Ubisoft and others could just basically change the rules overnight if they wanted to and say, nope, you can't stream our games anymore. Um, you know, that's really scary for a lot of people who make a living streaming, uh, especially when people who say they are the creative director at Google Stadia when they're not go ahead and tweet something like this. Um, now, in a lot of cases, the game publishers do publish a free license for live streamers. So Devolver Digital has a website dedicated to telling people that it's okay to stream and monetize their games. Blizzard is cool with it as long as you don't charge a viewing fee. Um, it doesn't count stuff like Twitch Prime as a viewing fee or whatever, because, you know, they're the stream is using the service or whatever. So they're getting paid for using that. But um, even uh, Nintendo has eased up. So two years ago, it published a policy that allowed for footage of Nintendo games to be used in videos as long as there's commentary. So they have like, they're like, it's okay, but we do have some guidelines that you need to follow. So, I mean, Devolver, Blizzard, Nintendo, they could basically change all of these licenses overnight if they decide they want to. But they aren't likely to do something like that on a total whim because, like I said, it is kind of the symbiotic relationship. They work for each other kind of thing. Um, so I wanted to have a little discussion. Do you guys think streamers should pay a license on top of buying the game in order to stream it? And I also want to discuss, too, like how we see the, the, the streaming culture uh, changing in the future because a lot has happened over the last couple of years with it gaining so much popularity. How do we see that? Where do we see that going? Hmm. Yeah, as a streamer of of less games, more my own personal content. But I mean, even mm -hmm. as a YouTube creator, to some extent, it's very fine balance of monetization, right? Because you're monetizing mm -hmm. your stream and your, you know, your YouTube video. 
to be very wary of the music clips and and this and that, you know, and and even sometimes like there's a sound clip, like if I upload a stream that I did and there's a alert, you know, that has a music clip in it, uh, you know, it could be not monetized because that monetization will have to go to the record label for that, that any money that I make off that YouTube video would go to the would go to the, the creator of that song, even if the song is, you know, 10 seconds, like all the money yeah, it doesn't of that matter. video. Mm-hmm doesn't matter it's not proportional in any in any way which also seems odd and weird too mm-hmm. so and then there's some you know music in which like let's say you put the beatles on there like they'll just like take it down 100 like, you can't do that right it's just right. They'll, they'll lock it they'll like just remove your your youtube video hard um because everyone has control there where there's money to be made um there will be controversy and and ideas like this that'll come out i mean we saw obviously with the music industry with the movie industry you can't just go on youtube and um, stream a movie necessarily like if if you're like i'm gonna live stream or go on twitch and live stream me watching a movie Mm -hmm. so everyone else can watch it you just can't do that unless it's like a amazon prime or a you know a viewing party type of thing where they have that license basically say hey an agreement they have an agreement to do this so I think it's tricky with game streaming or game YouTube videos based on what you're doing um, in general, just because, again, there's companies that want to you know, make money. So I like the idea that that every company can have its own thing. Um, I'm imagining in the future at some point there will be some sort of profit sharing idea here, which is partners or something yeah but this might be more on the 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 twitch thing so if there's ads that are being played then a portion of those ads will go to there i think that the problem is is that on twitch you're the the users are not necessarily paying to watch content right because yeah subscribing and tipping and doing those things those are more for a the personality behind the camera and and that's just like you know if you went and got a hot dog you left a tip right you you're 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 in this case the goods are that you watch an ad in the beginning so it would be more of is there some sort of contract and deal that um twitch can um handle with these different game studios to give them a cut of those advertisement shares because obviously the partners also get a cut of advertisement shares as well on their stream uh so that that might be something that they could do in general which would make some sense but i i hope like you said that they obviously are paying for the game but then yeah it is advertisement for the game in some way whereas like if you just stream a movie or a soundtrack then it's a it's a little bit different because like you have no reason to then go buy it but most likely if you're watching the idea that you buy it so I think that I, I'm a, I would be okay with there was some profit sharing, but ideally it would be at the higher level than the stream level. Like if this is Twitch, like that is having agreements with the game companies as they pick the game, then like the portion of this will go to it. And that could benefit everybody in general. Like imagine the developers of Among Us could be bringing in tons more money in, in general. And, and ideally, if it doesn't impact the streamers or negligibly impacts the streamer in some cases, then then they could do that. It's a tricky, it's a slippery slope, but I'm imagining yeah. that it will happen at some point. There's no way that at some point this doesn't happen in general. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I definitely, it, 
there's 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 a compromise in there somewhere. I uh, I think more data needs to be collected on this. You know, this guy's throwing out just some off the cuff statement, and I think it's not really based on any sort of reality. It's probably he's a developer. He's probably you know got games that perhaps people are streaming, and he's not seeing it turn into any sort of purchases for him. Right. So who knows? I don't know where his where this is coming from from his view. But I would have to say that if you are looking probably far and away, the people and the streamers that are streaming these games is such a small minority compared to the people that are watching them and then purchasing these games. We need more data on that. So I know Mm -hmm. many times I have watched people play a game, not because I'm trying to consume the content for free, but because I cannot find a demo because I have not seen or want to get uh, some more information on it, and then I will purchase it myself. Now, my guess is the majority of people are in that like frame of mind. They're looking and watching this and then gain interest and then buy it. So I'm really interested to see, and again, this is all speculation. We don't have data to back it up, or at least that I know of. So we need more information on this because I would be super interested in see what the percentage is and what the return on investment is for an EA or a Nintendo or even the developers of Among Us. I guarantee the developers of Among Us are saying we would have been crazy not to have this available to streamers. That is exactly how we're making our money right now. Whereas perhaps a Microsoft or an EA, you know, they're, they're not hurting. They're, they're making AAA titles. So perhaps in their mind, there is no value there, but I still think even those companies see a huge potential and a huge value in streamers streaming their game. Look at Fortnite. Fortnite probably never would have been what it is or was had that not gotten a huge back, you know, background in streaming. Mm-hmm. So EA themselves has even come out to say, I saw a tweet that somebody quoted and it was a a, a segment of their uh, stance on streamers. And they said that they fully embrace it. They really respect and love that community. Their only ask is you're streaming the finished product. And that to me makes a t- total sense. Stream what we want presented. If you're streaming something that isn't the finished product, that can hurt us because now you're seeing something that perhaps isn't as refined as what we would like to have out there. And that is mm-hmm. a fair ask that I completely support. Now, I would like to see, um, you know, you could have something where perhaps <clears throat> perhaps you're watching a stream on Twitch and it is for uh, I don't know, whatever the game is, right? Video game A. When you're on there, and I haven't seen this, and perhaps it's it's doable, or maybe it is there, and I'm just not enough of a Twitch user to see it, but there could be or should be a link to go directly and buy that game that you're watching. You know, now you're now you're kind of even having more of a handshake where yes, this person is streaming it, they're advertising, essentially you're watching a commercial for it. If this looks entertaining, there's no need to click away from the site, we actually have a sales link right below that goes right directly to whatever platform or whatever company or whatever, and you can buy it right then and there. I think that would be a perfectly, you know, acceptable option to have. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of people should have that on their site. Why make it harder for somebody that wants to buy the game? Why make it harder for them to do so? So yeah. I I think this I think he is completely wrong. I think he's just throwing it off the cuff like, you know, everything's going to be we're gonna, you you should have to pay for everything and I don't I don't agree with that. How many times have we gotten keys that are from you know, developers saying 
please stream the game. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Show it to the world. They are offering them to us so that we can give our idea and our uh, opinion of them to help sales. They they see this as a two-way street. And I do mm-hmm. think the amount of keys and free copies and people that are watching offsets the millions, potentially more versions that get sold. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I, it's I, free publicity, basically. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah. I think so there's a middle ground. Of it. And I think more data needs to be collected before anybody has a mm-hmm. hard, hard stance. But I think that his opinion of it was just sort of off base. It just seemed like it came out of nowhere. Um, and, and I definitely think that a company that chooses not to be able to have their stuff stream versus somebody that did would probably see a, a drastic difference in sales numbers because you're just not getting that viral attention. It's not, it's not, Mm -hmm. nobody wants to play a game if they can't see anything about it. Um, and I think a lot more, uh, I think a lot more people get excited when they can, it builds a community around it. I like to see too, because I've seen this a few times where studios will, yeah, they'll send someone the game for free to play, but it's also almost a partnership. So the the studio will sponsor that video of them playing that game. Yeah. And I think that's a great, like, yeah, it's not, you're using this internet personality in their audience. You're like contracting them in to be part of your team to help spread the word about your game. And I really like when I see stuff like that and it, it makes me like the studios a lot more that support them. Yeah. So I hope I see a little more of that stuff. But at the same time, you know, having someone jump out of the gate and just scream something like this on Twitter, basically, it's I, I can see how that, that could be really scary for a lot of people. So, I, yeah, I'm hoping that Nielsen does like a some sort of data gathering thing for streaming and things like because they always have really, really good reports when they do stuff like that. So it'd be interesting to see like add revenue for the gaming and streaming <laughs> yeah you, you need yeah. more data based on the return on yeah. investment versus like mm-hmm. if you stream or have your make your game available for stream what's the return on investment for that versus not doing it and sort of having yeah. it behind this you know barrier to entry which is you have to pay first before you get to play it so mm-hmm. you know i i think that if your game is available if you take game a and b and they're very similar and one is available to stream the other is not i think the one that's available to stream people and build excitement assuming they're of the same caliber of equality and they're just generally good games yeah i think one is going to outperform the other because people can see it and you know if i know my friend on twitch is playing it and streaming it and you're streaming it and playing it and loving it yeah i'm i feel like i'm missing out on something i need to play Mm -hmm. it because i see all these other people having so much fun not even as a streamer not even as somebody that wants to oh let me jump out on the bandwagon and make millions off of streaming this game no because i feel like i'm missing out because i'm just not getting the chance to have that opportunity to play the game gaming and streaming it and having somebody watch it is a lot different than streaming a movie where in theory you're only going to watch it once and you've gotten the entire experience whereas a game you're making you don't your get the own full experience. experience. You're yeah. making your own. So your gameplay is could be totally different than mine. And we're playing the same game, you know, a game like Fortnite, where you're essentially doing the same thing over and over and over again. You're having a different experience than I am. So anybody watching that is having a different experience, you know, and that's a, some of the comparisons that were people that were for his argument were saying, well, I can't stream a movie. Of course you can't, because that's a one and done in a lot of cases. You're seeing all yeah. of the content up front. So if I'm just streaming it and there's no commentary there's nothing added you're essentially stealing it 
the person streaming it isn't integrating their commentary and their personality and things like that when they're streaming. Like with yeah. a game, you're they're changing the game experience through their commentary. And I think that's a big part of it. Like a lot of the times, some people aren't even interested in the games they're playing. They like that internet personality, that person. So they will watch yeah. it just because of that. That's, they want to see them experience the game. That's where it shifts. Yeah. And I was thinking too, it's kind of like a double-edged sword because earlier we were talking about reviews and how we wait for reviews to come out just to kind of like, we'll get an idea of what we're getting into. If someone plays a game and it's not good, like there's been so many games we've watched and it's like, oh, that's weird. I'm not paying my money for something like this. You know, sure. the, yeah. studios have to take that It's a risk you got to be willing account. to take. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, but it, how many just, games It is what have, it is right now. <laughs> how many games have we watched Sip stream and they were totally obscure, weird, one-off never games. Never heard of them before. Never yeah. even heard of them. Never <laughs> even heard of them. And now they're on my Steam or my Nintendo or exactly. some wish yeah. list. Because yeah. they were something where I saw him having a good experience and I want it now too. And yeah. that probably happens time and time and time again versus somebody watching the game and saying, well, it feels like I played it. I don't need to buy that. I don't need to waste my money on that game. <laughs> you know, I think more and more. How many? I bought the stupid skiing game because I watched Sips play it. And it was just a silly, fun game. And he's like, I want to have that experience. And that developer yeah. made money off of me because it's it, just purely because I saw a streamer play it. Mm-hmm. That's a good topic. I like yeah, it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, it was so. unfortunate the tweet came out and kind of caused us all. But I think it's it's good for people to talk about once in a while because yeah. it is something that exists and we're all using it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we'll see what happens in the future. All right. Top 10 bestsellers. And first, we have Super Mario 3D All-Stars. And second, Hades is still holding second place. Third, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Fourth, Celeste. Fifth, Minecraft. Sixth, Ghostbusters, the video game remastered, which I do want to say was 75% off this week, which... Great Halloween game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Seventh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Eighth, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Ninth, Thief Simulator. And tenth, Killer Queen Black. And then one game that was in the top 30 that I think it was in there last week as well, but I may have missed it, is in 22nd, the Jackbox Party Pack 7 is on that list this week. So Very nice. I'm excited. Yeah. I bought Ghostbusters. I couldn't pass up on that deal. I'm playing another... Uh, Halloween game right now that I'll talk about later, but that is on the list for this week. I at least want to start it up and, and get playing that. I'm super excited. Now we have some new releases that we're into this week as well. So I'm going to kick it off. I've got a game for October 28th called Oceanhorn 2 Knights of the Lost Realm. This seems to be on uh, maybe a pre-purchase sale. It's normally $30. It looks like it's on sale now for $26.99. Oceanhorn actually... I've seen this floating around for quite a bit. It's always been sort of interesting to me. It's, uh, I would say, a sort of Zelda-esque game. And maybe that would be interesting to you if, since we don't have a new Breath of the Wild right now or Zelda game to play right now, maybe you want to try this out. But Oceanhorn 2 is taking place a thousand years before the events of the first one. So I don't know if it's something where I could jump into this one and then go back because I haven't played either, but this one does look very, very good. And knowing that it's sort of a prequel, maybe it's okay to play them in that order. It does say that the main quest spans 20 hours of gameplay, which is nice. There's big, massive boss fights, as you would expect. There's dozens of side quests where you'll get all kinds of rewards if you do that. There's puzzles. There's beautiful, and I will say Oceanhorn 2 looks better graphically than 1, It looks beautiful. I really like the art style of this one. 
Now, if you are interested in the first one, it is called Ocean Horn Monster of Uncharted Seas. It's $7.49 on Steam, and it has very positive reviews. Both of these games, though, are on iOS. You can play Ocean Horn for, I think it was $7 as well, or you can play Ocean Horn 2, which is part of Apple Arcade. So mm. you can get a chance of, for five bucks. You can at least try it and see if it's something you like. Some of the reviews for the original one do say that the controls are a little clunky on mobile, which makes sense. It seems like it's something you would want a controller for. But because they are offset by the very positive reviews on Steam, I'm thinking that the game and the quality of the game is very good. I will say when I watch the trailer for Ocean Horn 2, the, you know, the all of the little stuff that kind of sometimes gets overlooked, like the the UI elements, the chat boxes, things like that do feel like there was time and care and, and effort put into them, which I think when I get a game that's maybe a smaller developer has put it together, those things do seem like they hurt a little bit. They just don't seem as polished, whereas this seems much more polished than I would expect. But I had to give it a check. Oceanhorn 2, I still want to play the first one, and I want to look into the second one because it seems really, really interesting. And because we don't have Zelda, I want to I want to play this a little bit. Yeah, it kind of has a Zelda-esque vibe oh, to yeah. it in a way. So I was like, yeah, I don't know if I need any more of that. But it does look cool. So I'd be interested if we get a code or something like that for it. Yeah, and it felt, nice. it looks like Zelda and Dragon Quest to me. Mm. So they're both very similar style Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the next game I have checked is called Carto. It's coming out on the 27th. And it is normally $20. It's on sale at the moment for 18 So this is, this is, the usual types of game I games that I like, but it has an interesting kind of cartography twist. So I kind of wrote it down as a charming cartography-based puzzle adventure game. So as you discover new pieces of the game map, um, you can rearrange them to create different levels and unlock new paths and puzzles, which show different moments in the story. Uh, and just the look of it is very charming too. It kind of has that uh, like textury sort of vector look. It just looked very, just the style in itself is really charming. Um, I will say that there is a free demo available on Steam. Nothing is showing up in the eShop as having any kind of free demo or anything. Uh, It's not even showing up in the eShop at the moment when I look it up. So there could be a demo later. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, it's also releasing on Steam the same day for PC and Mac. So the 27th. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I got two quick ones here that I'll go through. The first one is Crimson Clover World Explosion E Explosion. It's a it's a shmup, basically side scroller, bullet hell craziness. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Looks pretty good. I don't know. That's all I got to <laughs> say about it. If you are like me and you're like, whoa, I love bullet hell shmup craziness. This could be up your alley. Twenty dollars is a little bit much for me, but it does look really good. Uh, it's from like a, I think an indie developer, just like a small indie developer studio out of Japan. Um, looks pretty good. In general, there's a bunch of different modes. So if you like shmups, boom, good to go. The other one is kind of crazy. I don't really know. It's, it's very expensive. It's um, $40, but there is a demo. So I'm going to definitely download mm. the demo for it. It's called Mad Rat Dead, which is a really weird name, but it makes sense because it's from Nipponichi Software and Nice America. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that's definitely why. But it is a uh, rhythm-based side-scroller thing. Where you play a rat <laughs> that has had its heart removed or something, and it's like Ow. experimented on, and it has like a day left before it dies, and 
it's like a second chance at life to get through this, but like you're attacking enemies and going through the levels, but all rhythm based, like keep your heart alive. So you got to like oh, okay. make your jumps and gotcha. your attacks based on the rhythm that's going on. So it's very, like that part intrigues me because it's different. It doesn't necessarily look yeah. stunning or amazing at all, um, but it does sort of have the weird niece, you know, style to it mm-hmm. so it did intrigue me i want to download the demo just to give it a go and report back next week uh, yeah. only because i think like it's intriguing if anything like here's a really different spin on a side scroller and it has like some very vibrant neon color look and feel to it so it looks interesting in general i, I don't know nice. if it plays awesome then maybe but if not then i won't but you know that's, that's yeah, what it's I had nice that has a demo at least like you said for a 40 dollars yeah. price you want to be able to test it out yeah you need those demos i don't even care for the demos mm-hmm. you know five ten minutes i'm totally fine of a short demo too by the way like your demo doesn't need to be long just give me like a feel for it i don't need a 30 hour demo but i do need like yeah. for, for something unique like this where i'm like oh i haven't seen anything on it and i would have missed it if i didn't if i didn't you know click on the website or whatever um, yeah definitely give it a give it a look fascinating absolutely yeah mm-hmm. so that gets us into what you're playing everybody's favorite segment in the show and christina we are been waiting since the very beginning of the episode to hear <laughs> your little nightmare nightmares well you know why the game is called little nightmares why? tell us because the load screens are little nightmares in themselves. <laughs> they are tiny nightmares. i swear and i in these types of games i like to die a lot well, I don't you like, like to, to die how I play them. I just say I like to because it's inev- inevitable. I might we as well have no like choice. It. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. So in this game and, and we were playing yesterday, my, my sister's here visiting. She was watching me kind of play through it because it's, you know, perfect for this time of year. And I was like, yeah, let's play this and um, I'll make some progress. Well, I didn't make that much progress because I don't know how long I was playing for maybe like an hour. But like a half an hour of that was like waiting for the different screens to load after I would die. Mm -hmm. And it was so frustrating. Mm -hmm. So frustrating. And I almost just like. Stop dying. I almost don't. Get good. Get better. It's a lot easier said than done. Okay. It's true. It's true. It's true. (laughs) It's just it's how I play these types of games. So not and it's not like it's a really complex game. I don't understand why the loading screens are so bad. And I remember, Michael, you were kind of having a, a big issue with these screens. But I think you kind of underplayed how bad it is. It's uh, terrible. I, I mean, how maybe, has there not yeah. been an update to fix it? But any anyway, it yeah. Besides that, we you know, we got through a couple of the levels and, and creepy things happened and it was good. And there's this one part near the end where right before we stopped playing where I died a couple times and then I walk in the room. And I'm trying to get away from this blind creature thing. And I get into this room. Yeah. And I get into this room and immediately she says, oh, those shoes there are weird. I find this like thing to to crank open a door so I can run through the door and slide through it really quick. So this blind guy can't hear me and catch me. And then I die. He finds me and catches me and I die because he comes through the door and. Then Kaylee, she goes, oh, you're supposed to put those shoes by the door to distract him so you can get through the level. Mm. I'm like, I wouldn't have even thought of that. I w- it would have taken me so long to figure that out, and she knew it instantly. And it's not like I don't play a lot of games. Like, I play enough. I'm, I feel like my gaming literacy is pretty decent. But it it made me wonder what other things I'm missing in games. Because, <laughs> like, like, she went to 
to school for game art and game design and stuff. So it was, it's just really interesting playing games when she's here because um, she picks up on those things. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after that, I died again, and then I just kind of rage quit and needed something fun to play. So I opened the Pikmin 3 demo, and I'm very surprised at this demo. I love this game. It's very cute. I could see myself spending hours just like playing this game to see how far I can get. Uh, the demo itself seems pretty decent. It's long. Yeah. I'm on day two right now, which I think even just day one by itself, you get the gist of it. You understand what you're doing. But I I wonder how much longer it is. (laughs) But I've enjoyed it so far. That's why I was saying it's nice because that demo carries over. So if you decide to buy it, you'll have all of that progress already saved. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And Pikmin 3 is a game I think you would absolutely love. Without a yeah, doubt. it's pretty relaxing and it's not a super stressful game. And you have all these little cute sprouts following you around, little Pikmin, and yeah. it's just cute. Yeah, I yeah, really like very, it so far. Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Little Nightmares is, is one of those two where it's, you know, Mats and I, we both played and I believe both beat it. I played the and beat the uh, uh, DLC that went with it as well. And, mm-hmm. and I actually think I, for me personally, I enjoyed that DLC more than I enjoyed the main game. I enjoyed that story arc a little bit more um and we do know that there's a little nightmares too i think that the atmosphere in the world of that game is very interesting uh i i think they're the the studio that's creating little nightmares is totally dropping the ball because it's supposed to be coming out in february where it's like they came out with a little little nightmares 2 trailer for halloween but they you're missing the window like this should be out this month it should have been out this month because people i think people wanted it for halloween and yeah it is a creepy atmospheric game um but yeah i I really do hope that the load times are vastly improved over the original because they they were painful it was it was a problem and and a lot of the reviews good word for it (laughs) yeah and a lot of the reviews hit on that too i mean it's beating a dead horse at this point but it is something that you're right. Like how, how was it not optimized? Because the load reviews I think were also bad on consoles, just not as bad. And, um, it's something that should be, it's, it's hurting a game that would otherwise be very, very enjoyable. If the load screens weren't bad, I would be playing it a lot more and get through it because a lot of other games I played that are similar to this, their load screens are quick. You know, you die, you do it again and you learn from your mistake and move on. But with little nightmares, it's, it, it's ruining the game for me. I hate yeah. to say it, but it is. Yeah, yeah it's so good though. That's the problem. Is as it's I. I'm not I agree. enjoying it though. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love. I still. I, I hate I, it because I think the problem is like if it depends on on to what level basically the 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 dying and getting through the the level like there's a balance there and there's a tipping point that will make it not enjoyable, right? Yeah. And once you hit that tipping point, you're like, I don't want to play this anymore because this is like taking so long. Mm-hmm. I think that's the problem is I don't think I ever hit that tipping point. I was annoyed, but I never found myself in the situation where maybe once or twice I'm like, oh, this is just too much. And if I did, I was like, let me just go online and like figure out what I need to do. Right. Like that's just how I play games because I'm old. It's like, oh, it's just like, let me, I don't know, let me just watch this video of someone beating it. I'm like, oh, let me just follow that because I want to get through the game. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't, especially like, I know exactly the part that you're talking about. I'm pretty sure I died a lot in that section yeah. too. And I was like, to, what, like, like what do I do? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like, what do I do? It's just like this, the, the end of it though. I don't know. I just, something about that game really did drag me in because I really, really enjoyed the weird quirky world. And I just haven't seen that type of style. And again, especially when you get towards the end and like what's uh-huh. going on, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, 
it's worth if you get stuck too much. Just go watch a YouTube video of someone beating that level, and then well, that's the thing. I may just. I I mean, I like the game. I like the the story that I'm trying to figure out, but it's so painful to play that I may just streamers again. They're great. I may just look for someone who let your sister who play. played the game. No, because then it would be the same. I don't want to sit through more of these load screens. <laughs> I'm not putting myself through that. It's true. They're, they are painful. I mean, They're I want the next game already without yeah. finishing this game at all. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I and I don't, I don't know if the next one even that. relates to this one because the way this one ends yeah. does not seem to impact or at least doesn't make sense to me from what I've seen of this second one. So mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on there. But um, I, I will say I was kind of in more leaning towards where Christina was because I didn't feel... I, I didn't watch any videos on how to beat things. I just kind of kept trudging through and it was more trial and error. That's what and I'm I doing. and I don't yeah. love that the game itself did not seem to um I, I mean I like puzzle games and it did not seem to inform your decisions enough to properly instruct you on kind of where you're supposed to be going or how yeah. you're supposed like to be solving game it. Sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. there was things that I was dying and it's like, why am I dying here? There's nothing that was instructing me that what I was doing was I wrong. Know. <laughs> and that's, that to me is where it started getting to be a yeah. bad design, right? Because it's not that I did something and I was like, Oh, I missed the timing. It was, I had to die to realize that was bad. And I don't think, with a load times the way they are, that is a good, it's a good model for this way. Yeah. It's not a good model. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's games where, you know, if you're going to die like that and that's how they want you to learn, it needs mm-hmm. to be quick. It cannot, Snappy. yeah, it yeah. cannot drop the ball like that and have those long times. I think that what they created atmospherically and the little comics that they have, which to me was more important because that sort of fleshed out this story. I did not mm-hmm. like all the questions. It's the reason I don't like limbo and things like that, where it's just like yeah. up to interpretation of what's going on. I like things more linear and just like, here's our story. We're telling you a story. I want to be told the story as opposed to like, well, maybe this is going on because there was mm-hmm. so much in little nightmares where I was like, wow, this is crazy to me. Like crazy. Where is this? What, how is this even existing in the, in the world? What world is this? And I just had so many questions that it was, it was, it, it got beyond enjoyable to where it was aggravating me. And that's me. I understand oh. that completely, but it got to the point where I was like, I was aggravated because I wanted to know more. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah, maybe two true. will flesh I, that out. Maybe two will give me more. And yeah. I'll, I'll be like, Mind blown. Greatest story ever. It'll be, that's very possible. It'll be interesting. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do with you because I know Little Nightmares is a little older at this point. So, And there's been a lot of games inspired by that, which I've played and I've really enjoyed. So it'll be interesting to see, because there's been so many now, what they're going to do different in Little Nightmares 2. Yeah. 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 We shall see. Mm-hmm. How about you, Mats? What you been playing? Oh, this week has been uh, joyful uh, as well. There's more bullet storm action going on. I'm almost... <laughs> nice. <laughs> almost more than halfway through. Uh, I got to play it on the big screen, uh, uh, which was really fun because I usually play it just on my computer hooked up through through my Switch. And uh, this game, it's so good. Uh, everything about it is so good. Like I said last week, I love every bit of it. The graphics so good. Got to see it on the, the big plasma. And um, that was delightful to play for about an hour or so. Heather was doing her homework, so I'm just taking some, some college classes. Um, for, for fun. I don't you know. Cause that's what, that's what she does. Um, so she's doing that and I was like, okay, I got an hour. I'm going to go play it on the, the TV. So I don't have to be in the office. And that was super fun. Um, just super enjoyable. Just destroy this big ball. I don't know. It's just so good. It's just run so good. It's so pretty. It's so much fun. 
Uh, it's over the top. It's ridiculous, but not in a crude and rude way uh, mm. in general. Like for some reason, the trailer kind of has it made that's going to be like really rid- like almost too much, you know, as far as mm. as as like the over the topness, like it's going to be like almost too broy and too whatever. And, like mm-hmm. there is a certain extent, but not really, I guess, um, which is good. It's just kind of a fun, enjoyable game. Super enjoy it. Everyone should buy it. I don't know. It's probably not on sale anymore, but if it is, you should buy it still. Nice. And then weeks ago, Uno was on sale, the deluxe edition, which is still on sale, by the way, for like $3. And I bought that for Heather and I, because I'm always looking for games that would be fun for her and I to play. Mostly we just play Animal Crossing and that's it. So um, I picked up Uno and we decided to play that. The with the hopes, right, when you buy a card game or you buy one of these games that it's the electronic version is more fun than the real version, you know, that that's yeah. the, the goal. And then here's the thing is like when we played the demos for um, Wheel of Fortune or Tri- Trivial Pursuit or whatever, or even when we play Monopoly, when you're playing against a computer, the problem is that those computers, I mean, it's just trivia, right? They're just going to get it right. Like, how would they get it wrong? It's like, you know, I don't know. You know, th- like, what's the, they just randomly throwing the dice? So that's not a lot of fun. Whereas Uno, you know, like, you're randomly given cards. And the AI can, you know, it's going to be as good. It's going to be pretty decent, right? It's not going to sure. be, um, it's not going to be overly hard because it can't be overly hard because it's, a comp- you know, there's car- it's a set amount of cards that you're given, right? I think it's it's hard for the computer to seem like it's cheating. And um, this game obviously offers local. You can do like local two-player, like two versus the two computers. It'd be weird if you just had, you know, two people on the same screen. You can see everybody's cards. Um, but then you can do online, which I haven't played at all. But you can also do local play with two consoles. And that's what we were doing. And... The deluxe edition gives you a bunch of other card sets like Just Dance and Rabbits and thinks it's an Ubisoft published game. We haven't played much of those because there's like all these crazy cards that come up and that seems confusing. We just wanted to play normal Uno and the game is fine. Like it's Uno and it's definitely Uno, but it's not. It's as if the people that made the game have never played Uno. You know what I mean? Like the, the amount of button combinations that you have to know and press, like you have to know to press Uno before laying down the card, like to call Uno in the game before pressing the card before laying it down. But like, it doesn't really tell you that. And then when someone does like one of the random cards where the, you have to pick up four, you have to, you know, um, just, they pick a color, They'll pick the color, but then it just changes the the color of the card instead of saying like blue, green. Yeah, like it's not in your face enough. Hmm. And that wouldn't be an issue except for that they only give everybody 15 seconds to make their play. Jeez. Yeah, which is aggressive, which is especially the very first time you're playing it. You're like just learning the controls, you're understanding, and it's very frustrating. Like I, if you don't play your card, you just pick up a card automatically. So you're like trying to have strategy. You're like, okay, well, it, in the real world, there is no time limit. And also right now, I do not want a time limit. Why are you enforcing this weird time limit for no reason no. at all? And there's no way to change it. I can, There's no setting anywhere in the game you can adjust different rules and things like that like if you know basically you want stackables or bluffing or whatever but this one 
quirk, which is like so stupid. Like, just give me a minute, give me 30 seconds, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't let you have a break in the game. Like, you know, Heather was, was getting a, a water, but like I had to like play for her because, you know, she had like, you know, the game had started. So you're like, it's, everything's happening really quick. Um, and that's super annoying when you're trying to like do a little bit of strategy and just 15 seconds is not enough for this arbitrary limit. Now we played the first night for just a little bit of amount of time because we both got frustrated. And then last night we played for longer. And now that we kind of knew the, the, the controls and we're still learning a little bit too. And there's, there's, there's ways to kind of get, you know, confused while you're playing, but, um, it's fine. Like, I think that it's fine, but it's the, the, <laughs> the button controls are a little bit weird. Like if, um, you're playing a card, it's like the a button, but into call uno is like the, the X button. So he's like, hit that, then hit a, but then let's say someone gives you a, a plus two, you could stack, but you wouldn't press a to deal that card. You'd actually have to hit like the X or the Y button. So you're like, okay, well, why are like the buttons different to play cards? Like it's, it's just, someone didn't think through the frustrating parts of it of like, Oh, this should be really easy to play. It should be very simple. Like there should only be like two buttons that you ever have to press in this game. Like, mm -hmm. like why would I never, like, why is there even a, a button to call Uno? Like it doesn't make any sense at all in the game, in a virtual digital game. Like just do it for me. Like, why is it an extra Step. thing? Like why? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I understand yeah. that in the game, in real life, there is that, but then have a setting to say auto Uno, you know, just automatically because it's stupid. It's pointless beyond that. Right. Yeah. And that then, would be a good idea. Mm -hmm. Just set it so you could do it automatically. Yeah. Because then the computer sometimes will do it and the computer forgets to call Uno too. Like randomly, there's a 50 50 chance that it'll call Uno. But like, well, why? Like, why even in this world would a 50 50 chance that you forget to call Uno? Because when you're playing in the real world, you're never not going to forget to call Uno, you know, yeah. very rarely. But I know it's just like one extra thing, but it's just, you know, a little bit more customization, just a little bit would have been nice. And, and of course, just like any of these games, the menus are weird. It's like you got to know the right thing and the right thing. So then you can join the game. Like instead of just saying, here's a lobby for all the local games, like Heather has to know to go on her council. Like she got to go into this menu. Then she's got to hit this type of game and then hit this thing. And then she can join my game. It's like how many switches around me? are playing uno right now just have a, a lobby <laughs> just have yeah. a lobby you know it's not that complicated so um it's fine you know for three bucks mm -hmm. in general if you want to buy it for your whole family but then if you have four people you should just be playing uno the card game if you have two people uno is yeah. not fun by the way <laughs> with two people so you this is a, a decent alternative if it's just you you probably don't want to buy this so this is a good game for a couple such as me and Heather where where we it's not fun to play with just us but playing against the computer is gives us at least something extra so that's my 10 minute uno review of <laughs> it's it's like the metacritic review is a 6 and like that's probably right a 5 or a 6 like it is fine you know yeah, yeah. Well, i mean it, like you said at least you got it uh, i guess like 
cheap. It's not you got to cheap. That's the that's the key, yeah. I guess, for this game. Get it yeah. cheap, and then maybe it's worth worth the sale price. Worth it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's a bummer though, because it, all of those games when they come out, any of the board games, any of these kind of games, I'm I'm always hesitant because I'm not sure how they translate well to digital, you know. And it's kind of nice because it's it's something on the go, and you could have it wherever you are, and it would be kind of fun to be able to do that with, you know, an Uno or a Monopoly or whatever the game is, but. In a lot of the cases, they always seem like this, where it's like a meh version of just the real physical thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a bummer. I've always heard that Settlers Settlers of Catan has been a very good mm. uh, f- digital from physical. Yeah, that, that's a good one. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, I've, I've heard that one's good, but all that's the others, on the I'm the same list. way, just kind of iffy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as for me, I've been doing Animal Crossing, doing just the daily stuff here and there. And we did get a mm-hmm. couple uh, keys to try out, game keys to try out. One of them being Hyper Brawl Tournament, which I mentioned last week. It's sort of this weird action-packed soccer-type fighting battle royale-type game. It's super hard. I tried it for a little bit and went through. The, what makes it hard is there's a lot of control and commands that you need to be able to remember. And, and I cannot remember them yet because it's like a kick and punch and then I have to throw and then I have to transfer because you have, it's a two-person team. So you're playing one of two people and the other person plays one of two people and you got to constantly be jumping back and forth between the appropriate person. The issue is I'm never sure. It's not super clear where... I'm controlling because once you get in this sort of huddle of fighting, I don't know who, what character I have. So it's kind of like just a, it becomes a mashup. It's okay. And I think if you get better at it or if I put more time into it, I can see where this would be a lot of fun. But as of right now, I was like, all right, this this was a little crazy. Um, seems really well done. I like that you get all these different brawlers that you can play as, and they all have a little bit of their own character and weapon uh, selection and different strategy that goes into playing them. So I do think it's going to be very cool if I can put more time into it and really nail down the controls. The controls to me are the most complicated part of it. The gameplay itself is fast. You're going to play it really quick. It's three rounds, 90 seconds each, shooting on a goal. So that was that was fun. Uh, the other key that we got is more fun. This is the one I'm actually enjoying a lot more, and that's mm-hmm. Pumpkin Jack. Obviously, it's holidays. It's Halloween. You're playing as Jack, who is the pumpkin, not king, but like lord. Um, and, and, and he's basically a you know like a, a headless horseman type guy with a pumpkin on his head. If you played anything like a medieval, or for me, it really resonated with Jack and Daxter. It feels very similar mm-hmm. to that type of game. It's a 3D platformer. It it made me instantly think of Jack and Daxter. And then when I went to the Pumpkin Jack website, they specifically call out Jack and Daxter. I was like, yes, I, I miss Jack and Daxter. So I'm happy that this kind of has that essence to it the more important Mm -hmm. thing and the more um amazing thing about this game i should say is it was made by one developer and one ui designer they created this game and i do believe that this is a start of a potentially really charming and special um whole um like series this could easily be made into a sequel and and continue on it is very very well done for what it is i do think there's uh, there, there's some times when you're playing and where you're like, oh, I, I, something's missing, right? It, it, to me, it, this is averaging around like a 3.5 to a four on our 
rating scale. It's 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 good. There's a lot there, but it definitely needs that level of polish on us. Like maybe that a small team can bring in where they can put more time and 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 manpower into it because it does need a little bit more. So when you jump into the game, you're you're playing through the tutorial, and it's kind of like you don't know what you're doing. There's no there's no instruction, and it kind of seems when you're running around, it will pop up eventually. If you get to a further enough, like to a spot in the open world where it's like, oh yeah, by the way, this is how to jump. Mm. Okay, so it's a little clunky in that way, and some of the stuff, some of the sound effects, like Pumpkin Jack makes one sound basically for everything. So every time he has a dialogue, he's like, ugh. Uh, it's like, dude, what? I don't, what are you even doing? How does that even make sense to the conversation I'm having? And that's like his one sound. And so that gets a little aggravating when you're playing it and you're jumping and you're doing all kinds of stuff and he's doing the same sound over and over. But overall, the world that they've created is very, very well done. I can definitely see this becoming a whole series of games. Um, really, really enjoying it. So Pumpkin Jack is, if you want to play a good Halloween feeling game right now this is something worth jumping on to now does it have any similarity with the nightmare before christmas at all or no 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 no, it has nothing it just i think maybe that's where they got the name like jack the pumpkin king from nightmare but he's not a skeleton is not anything the whole story the the basis of the story is this is a town it takes place in this town and the devil is bored with the people that live in this town there's no mischief there's nothing interesting going on so the devil's just like twiddling his thumbs has nothing to do so he starts sending demons and stuff out into this town to just kind of create some chaos and make it more interesting Mm. well the people that live in that town they create and and call this wizard who is a champion and he's gonna get rid of all of these demons so then the devil says oh no no i'm gonna call my own champion and have him kill your champion so i can continue (laughs) to have my fun and pumpkin jack is that champion so you're there to try to create chaos so that the devil has something to do basically yeah that's pretty fun you're on the bad side Yeah, essentially you're the bad guy, but it's weird because as of right now, all I've fought was bad, like hmm. skeletons and stuff. So I don't really understand what's happening because it doesn't. I'm, you would think in that story, I'm fighting villagers, which I yeah. haven't seen a single villager yet. So I don't really get it. I don't know where that happened, where that disconnect happened, but that's essentially the story of it. And maybe once I get to a certain point, um, maybe then I will start to fight the actual villagers. But right now I seem to be fighting the lower, like crappy demons that the devil sent out before me that haven't really done their job. And it seems like I'm <laughs> getting rid of them because they're just not doing their job. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. I mean, I was just blown away the fact because when originally when I saw it, it was like developer and it's Matt whatever his name is or whatever. And I'm like, one mm-hmm. guy, holy smokes. But yeah, it's, it's a one developer and one UI designer. Pretty amazing what they were able to produce. And, cool. and the quality of it is definitely there. And, and I'm excited to see where this goes. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I was excited for you to play this when I saw the trailer. I was like, oh, it looks fascinating. Yeah. Kind of seems up your alley, the spooky oh, yeah. time of the year. So yeah, yeah it's, nice. it's really, really good. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's Nintendo Uno Filled Dispatch. Until next week, you can, of course, go over to NintendoDispatch.com, hop on our Discord, send us an email, let us know what's going on in your world, or, of course, hit us up on Twitter at Dispatch Podcast. So until next week, this has been your Nintendo Dispatch.